Well, welcome aboard to another episode of the Tree Service Marketing Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Smith. we got a very special guest today that has a tree service business for decades, and they're willing to share their story. So we're super excited to have them on. If you're watching this video later uh, on a recorded version on YouTube or your podcast, please go ahead and like and subscribe to our channel. It really helps our channel. And we've got expert interviews just like this coming up down the road already scheduled and more marketing content to help you grow your tree service business. So I want to welcome uh, Jen and Scott McPhee today with Harrison McPhee. Welcome aboard, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Glad. for having us. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing your story. I'm really excited to hear about kind of how you guys got started and where you guys are with your business and kind of how you got there. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got in the tree service business maybe to begin with and kind of when you started and all that good stuff. Yeah, well, <clears throat> it's been a long, it's been a long ride. Probably been in the tree care business uh, probably 40 years. Okay. Or 40, 43 years. Um, you know, right out of um, UMass studied agriculture, urban forestry at UMass and then, Got a uh, nice job with um, Hartney Graymont back in the day. Worked with them for probably 30, you know, close to 30 years. And then um, decided it was time to strike out on my own. So it was a little scary at, you know, over the ripe age of 50 something to, uh, you know, to start over again. But uh, we purchased a small company that was Harrison Associates and turned it into Harrison McPhee. So there was a nice base and a good client list to start with. And <clears throat> Jen had uh, the organi organizational skills and I had some of the other skills. So that's when we started Harrison McPhee eight years ago, coming up on our ninth year. Right. So, so we've been in here for decades, but this actual business in itself uh, is eight years. And the company that we did purchase, the family-owned business from the retiring couple, they uh, had their business for 15 years. So in terms of um, the word of mouth, the marketing and the reputation that they built, um, you know, they started that with about 15 years. And then we've evolved from there for the last eight years. So about 23 years in, in business in this particular business, even though it's kind of been renamed a little bit. Right, 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 right. Got it. That's awesome. That's a testament to doing something right. And uh, and so were they, before you purchased the business, were they kind of into the tree care, plant health care side of things too? Or is that something you guys introduced? Well, they were primarily a landscape business, probably 70, 60 to 70% landscape. And the rest was just general tree care, not a lot of plant health care. And my background had been, you know, strong in tree care and plant health care. So over the last <clears throat> eight years, we've pretty much flip-flopped that to close to 80% tree care and plant health care and you know, maybe 20% landscape work. So that was kind of our goal. There was a nice, a nice base there with a nice client clientele in a nice area. And I saw the uh, opportunity to have a lot uh, higher level of tree care maintenance on those properties. So we've successfully flipped, flipped that around. Great. That's awesome news. Yeah. And um, one of the really important things you said earlier was the ability to go out and start a business and strike out on your own. And that's a testament to, it doesn't matter what age you are out there, whatever age you may be, you've got significant experience in a specific area or business niche or whatever, you can always go 
and start a business, right? Because I mean, if you if you really look at it and you really go hard and you do the right things, and, and not too many years down the road, you can significantly change like your path in life. And uh, by starting that business and something that you already know very very well, um, you know, it's just something like like you said, like it's it's probably a little bit scary at first. Right? You got to get going, you got to get things ramped up, get the momentum building. But with you guys, it's a little bit more peculiar, a little bit more um, kind of specific to you is that you purchased an existing business that was already kind of, um, you know, established and things like that. Can you talk about maybe what that conversation started like? How did you get in there to, did they just put their business up for sale and you saw an opportunity or how did that work? Yeah, good question. Um, <clears throat> some people think there was a matchmaker out there that was one of my mentors that, uh, but anyways, what um, my, the company I was working for, had been purchased and I was helping with the transition there. And, uh, you know, I was thinking that it maybe it was time for me to move on. And luckily at the same time, Bob Harrison was getting ready for retirement and he, <clears throat> he was running his business out of the same town that we live in. And uh, we happened to see each other at an Arbor Day celebration for a, uh, one of his mentors. We, we sort of had co-mentors, the same person, so this gentleman, Henry Davis, sort of uh, introduced us to each other. We had known each other, been in the, each been in the business probably respectively, you know, 30 plus years, and he was in the business 40 plus years. So he kind of said, hey, you guys should talk. And then uh, I ended up working with Bob for like six months. And he said, hey, you know, I'm going to be selling the company. And, um, you know, would you be interested? So then we started talking worked with the, with his crew and worked for his clientele and saw that it was a, uh, you know, a valid, um, uh, something that could be used as a base to grow on. So that's how those, that conversation started. And then, you know, we bought the company after, you know, maybe working for him for a year at the most. Great. So it was, it's kind of an arrangement. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So it was, it was, um, yeah, I mean, I was looking for a change and he was looking for somebody that could, take over and you know he had cared for his properties and clients similar to the way that I had been taking care of my clients so it seemed to be a good good fit mm -hmm. and, uh, you know then uh, needed to have Jen get involved she was she could probably speak to that she wasn't involved helping run the business in the beginning and I was just taking on everything not totally by myself had but probably 90% of the, you know, the sales, the buying the equipment, the hiring people, the firing people and working with all the different vendors and uh, clients and uh, starting to get a little overwhelming. And I think there was a point where Jen looked at me and said, um, I don't know, it, it may not have been the exact words, but I can't stand by and watch this train wreck. <laughs> I take, I mean, in a, in a good way, it was just like, sure. Momentum was going, sales were growing, right? Yeah. In, was buying equipment, and Jen said, "Okay, hold on." I think at the same time, I realized I needed some better organizational skills, and that's where Jen came in. Well, remember, you're talking to a married couple here, so so the conversation <laughs> and the words that are used are uh, actually it, my. At the time, I was working in a trade association for the horticulture industry, so my whole background is in. Uh, uh, 
landscape, tree, and nursery trade associations, much like TCIA is. So I was mm -hmm. part of the central office that ran those associations in the New England area. And we had a trade show called New England Grows, which is a big part of what we did. So so I've been working in the industry for, for 30 years myself and, and went through the process of getting this company set up through all the paperwork. And at the time, the company that we purchased didn't have any social media presence or actually any marketing presence. Um, they obviously had a name, no logo. Um, there were no newsletters. There were no marketing pieces. At the time, they did have a firewood business that they did occasionally, and they would send a postcard once a year to remind people and put an ad in the local paper. But we were really starting from ground zero when it came to the marketing side of things, because they had a great word of mouth presence and a great reputation with their clientele. But the clientele was doing, like Scott said, flip-flopped more of the landscape and non-repeatable services and less tree work and, and no branding. So as I was coming into the picture, as we were purchasing, purchasing this, I was focusing on creating that brand for this new company as opposed to the day-to-day -day operations other than setting it up. So um, what we needed when we started on January 1st of 2015, we needed to be up and ready to go, but also create a certain sense of um, uh, safety with the, with the clients that were there. Because really what we were purchasing were a number of trucks that were in the last stages of their life and a client list, right? So that, that was, we had goodwill, but change is hard. And when companies are purchased, oftentimes there's some nervousness on the client side. Is this going to be the same thing? Is the quality of the work the same? What are we going to get out of this? I've been talking to Bob for years. I don't know who this new person is. So a big part of the first two or three years was really establishing that relationship and the, and the trust with the existing clientele. So that was part of the reason we kept the name Harrison in mm -hmm. McPhee, so that there was some consistency there. Uh, you know, we could have come up with something more creative, I suppose, but that was a, a deliberate part of creating and establishing our brand and that trust. Um, because both Scott and Bob, like I said, they have the, the same lineage of mentorship, mm -hmm. but the the style and the quality of arboriculture that we perform comes from this long lineage of Charles Sargent Spray, which just comes down and trickles down to this very specific and high quality level of pruning so that, that their lineage was the same. So a big part of launching this whole thing was making sure that we were establishing that uh, presence and trust and longevity in the mind of the current clients that we had. So I wasn't purchasing trucks in the beginning. Now I purchase a lot of trucks. That's my, you know, that's my Valentine's gift or my, you know, here, look at this new truck. But um, but then I gradually came out of the uh, association side of things, left that job so I could be here full time um, as opposed to kind of juggling both of them. Wow. Good stuff. So a couple of things to unpack there. That was really, really great stuff. So um, Scott, you had mentioned, you know, you come in there and then things are kind of a train wreck, right? And so when you become a business owner and you're managing folks, managing people and hiring and firing, as you mentioned, there's a lot of different hats to wear. There's a lot of set of skills that you, you've got to kind of pick up and learn pretty quick rather than being in the truck. So a lot of people watching, maybe they're still in the truck running a crew or they're not 
actually to the point yet where they've got an office and people answering their phones and scheduling and doing all those things and, and managing two or three crews, 10 plus employees, 20 employees, whatever. But those are a whole separate set of skills uh, that you have to kind of develop and learn quickly, especially when you step in and buy a company, because you don't want to just flip flop everything right at the beginning. You want to keep some sort of like sanity, I guess, with the company as it's going right now and not have too much flip flop and turnover there. So that's, that's one thing that you had mentioned there. So that's, you got in there and, and I guess you guys did pretty well getting it going like that. Right. I mean, yeah, I think our skill set worked well because Scott has the experience as the arborist and that knowledge mm -hmm. and the communication with the clients. Um, and that's so incredibly important. And, you know, my background is more in the organization of things. Um, so I think those things complement each other and he needed to be out every day talking to those people. So I, I think we're not an unusual situation, um, a little bit of a tangent, but you know, right now where we are in society, we're, we're trying to create more equity, bring more women, more diversity into this industry because it hasn't been very diverse in the past. So it's not unusual to see um, an arborist who's a male who was an arborist and then decided to start a company and then the wife or significant other or friend, you know, comes in to help with the office side of things. So this pattern of arborist out in the field, partner in the office helping is not unusual, but, you know, a big part of what we're trying to get out there is pride in this trade, pride in what people do, and also elevating um, the confidence and status of women that are in this industry as well, because we've every job in this uh, running a successful tree business is important. So, you know, the women that are coming into this, they may not be technically arborists, some of them, you know, they may not have the experience climbing the trees, but their skill set to make this company work well uh, is huge. So that's a big part of our mission is to really underscore um, the confidence, help support programs that will give women more training in, in the business side of things, as well as the production arborists who are, who are female. That's awesome. Yeah. I think the organizational skills that women bring to the table are just, you know, head and shoulders above what, what us uh, men can usually come up with. Right. So that I was going to say the same thing. That, like <laughs> was, um, mm -hmm. a lot. It's like, um, having a very good safety net, like mm -hmm. I used to have to do a lot of that organization myself, it would be sort of a second thought, like sell the work, you know, meet with the clients, keep the crews busy, keep the equipment running, get out and do stuff. Like I was back in the field, you know, gypsy moth had become an issue. So I was out every day doing applications to the trees and I was, you know, selling jobs and I'd be billing the jobs and, and who Jen had that skill set. So when she joined full time, it made it a lot easier for me when she started to get systems in place and standard operating procedures and organization that like, oh, okay, now I can just go do what I'm good at, meeting with clients, training the crews, you know, networking and those things, knowing that I didn't have to do a lot of the other things. So Jen brought that skill set. We uh we promoted one of our uh field arborist to an operations manager, which helped us out tremendously, Steve Vernon. So that's a that's a big part of it, realizing that you know, you try to, you got to surround yourself with good people and hire people that have a better skill set in certain areas than you have, because um, you can't do it all yourself or, um, 
you know, you don't last very long or you're, you know, you're <clears throat> burning the candle at both ends. And then when you come to the finish line, you're all, you're all done, you know? <laughs> but that's right. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. So yeah, doing right. the work and getting out there in the field and managing all of that process, you know, bringing in the invoices, getting people, all that stuff is separate from the organization of the business too, and, and growing it. Um, and, and one of the things, Jen, that you had mentioned too a minute ago about the, the branding and the marketing is that the former company really didn't have much of that going whatsoever, right? Like they, they probably had a good name. And like you said, Scott, like everybody loved their services. They valued their services. Um, people trusted their services. But if you don't have that brand in place, coupled with a good marketing strategy, it really can only go so far as a word of mouth company. And so with you guys coming in and kind of implementing that strategy with branding marketing, getting the word out there, making sure the current clients don't turn over because it's now a new name, all of that stuff without sacrificing, you know, the quality of the service, the value of the business and all that stuff. That's a big thing. And I think people in their businesses would go a lot farther, faster, grow a lot farther, faster in general, if they have that branding kind of in play as well as the marketing. It's not just about getting leads, but it's about tattooing that brand in people's brains and people remembering your company name and all of that, that's very, very beneficial for the long run. So I think now your trajectory is probably set to grow a lot, a lot more so than it, than it was in the past with the former business owner. Yeah. 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 I agree hundred percent. I think that we had to actually work harder to maintain those clients because whereas the former owner could just show up there, probably wouldn't even have to give a proposal or just, show up and do work. Whereas when I showed up, there was some, you know, uh, people wanted to get to know me a little bit, sort of mm -hmm. like the date a little while before, you know, before we got married and started mm -hmm. that relationship again. So there was a little bit of, um, what's not show me what you got. Yeah. Show me <laughs> yeah. what you we had to have a few interactions together. Sure. So I felt like we had to actually, um, uh, oh, outperform what the previous owner had done. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, Jen's is, Jen said, well, we need to get our trucks looking better. We need to get a new fleet. We need to have everybody in a good uniform. We need the sales team, meaning myself. And it was one other person at the time. Like you guys need to look well put together. We need to have our proposals all either electronic and they need to be neat and clean. So there was all that's branding. And then, so when we do show up on a property, the clients notice that the, the trucks are all, you know, all detail, they look great. The colors are the same, same sort of complementary colors in the uniforms. Sales Arbor shows up. He's got some some gray and burnt orange on his uniform somewhere with a nice logo. And, you know, we're meeting a lot of our clientele are, uh, you know, probably high income, upper 1% or the 1% of the one percenters. So, you know, if I show up in you know, maybe a, a higher end brand jacket, or I know that sounds kind of corny, but mm -hmm. um, people notice that and they just look to, they see how well that, you know, the sales arbors presents himself and then how the crew delivers sort of that same level of detail. I think when people see that, uh, that everything sort of matches, they get that, that idea like, wow, these folks have it put together. They're organized. The uniforms look great. So you know, before they even try our work, they're like, okay, there's already a brand there that, you know, whoever's running this organization has uh, put a lot of thought and uh, high level execution into it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that speaks well to your client base for those upper echelon folks. They're looking to get the tree care, the plant health care, the repeat services. They just want their property to look good and they want everything taken care of. So yeah, the branding goes a long way. The kind of delivering of the message of your, your brand and you know what your website says, what your emails say, what, you know, every little touch point, all of that, if it's, a, if it's higher end and that's, that's really good. It just keeps that brand kind of out in front of the forefront in people's minds. Another thing, um, Another guest told me about one time, he was in the Nashville, Tennessee market. One way he found the upper end clients in his local market, you know, speaking of some of the networking opportunities that you can do, he was a member of the local, I forgot what it was called, but it's some sort of like orchestra association or local, uh, um, it, it's where all the top like high net worth individuals were a member of this place because there's all these like local shows in town for um, like the orchestra, like the different high-end type things. So he was a member of that. Yeah, wh- whatever it's called in your local area, he said I was a member of that. And, and pretty much my name got passed around in there. There's hundreds and hundreds of members. And so that's how he got a good you know, client base of the upper echelon people for the plant health care side of things. I thought that was pretty um, pretty custom. That was pretty you know, peculiar that he, that he kind of saw that opportunity and did that. So maybe something oh, that you could join cool. too. Yeah. Um, well, good. So what, what today, like... Um, if you guys had to guess, or you probably keep keep tabs of it, but let's say in your marketing initiatives now, what do you think are some of the big, biggest drivers of you know new client acquisition and bringing in more customers today? What's working the best for you, do you think? Well, I do think that word of mouth continues to be our best source of marketing because if we if our brand stays consistent and you follow through with everything that you're doing and talking about, you have a good experience with a client, Uh, that client talks to the next client, you know, that good experience continues to go. So I I do think that that continues to be the best source of just doing very good work, being put together, following through with what you say, having the, you know, highest level quality of service that in itself is going to advertise um, you better than anything else. We, we do find that experiential marketing, um, is really the thing that we tap into the most. Um, my background in events, running events and event production, um, it comes in very handy because I think that you can put an ad in a paper. We do social marketing. We do, you know, we do all of those other things. But if you can be at an event and be part of the event, uh, be there giving something away, just as the example that you gave of being part of an association. Um, supporting a cause that has similar goals that you do, um, that may be giving back, working on tree equity or food scarcity, and you're a sponsor of that event, and you're at that silent auction with people, and you're sponsoring a tree giveaway or, you know, a tree planting. Not only does that give you the opportunity to talk one-on-one with a person that wins it or, you know, wins the auction item or what have you, but, you know, you're at those events. These become your friends. This Mm -hmm. becomes your social network. So the conversations that you then have with people, with your clients, you're having the same kind of conversations. You're, you, our social network is not with, not in every case, but our social network is the same social network that they are. You know, we're going to the same Mm -hmm. symphonies. We're going to the same events. Um, so I think that experiential marketing beyond um, or or to support so that people can actually have that opportunity to talk to you, ask you questions, um, develop some street cred, 
hear the way you respond to things, ask you questions. It's amazing wherever we are, people want to talk about trees. You know, it's kind of like, is mm -hmm. there a doctor in the room? Is it, if, if there's a tree guy in the room, there's always a, oh my gosh, I have this tree. And if you love talking about those things, um, what is a bigger advertiser for what you love to do if you show that enthusiasm about your craft and and you know what you're talking about so you know being in those circles i think is probably the number one thing that gets us business although mm -hmm. that's sometimes hard to measure yeah. um, it yeah. has I, been our um oftentimes i'll go on to a, go on go on an appointment and i'll ask the prospect like how did you hear about us you know why am i here and uh, the ones that seem to be very productive, they'll say, oh, I saw on your website or social media, or there was a post that you folks were, you know, in downtown Boston in sort of this downtrodden area trying to, you know, elevate and uh, elevate the happiness in that area or the mm -hmm. aesthetics by doing a tree planting, you know, working with the local youth or other volunteers. And then there's, you know, there's a group that's trying to plant a lot of trees in the city that we've partnered with. And they say, I want to be with, a, I want to work with a company that does those type of things. Mm -hmm. And then talk about environmental issues and, um, you know, the sustainability in the way that we run our business and the products that we choose and the soil care that we do. They're like, oh, I want to work with a company that's, you know, thinking of the big picture and thinking about helping people socially and not only just taking care of all of the you know your wealthy clients but we're also volunteering to do things in in underserved or underprivileged areas and also trying to take care of the environment so you think about the social issues that people some of our clients they want to do the same thing but they don't always have the vehicle to do that they're like mm -hmm. whoa i can work with these people and maybe i can help you know donate some time or some money and do those things so when you start talking to people about those things or they see those gives us a common thing to talk about. And it's already like, Oh, you're not really in the business just to cut my tree and take my money. You're right. in the do other socially responsible things and environmentally responsible things. So it's a little bit, you know, that's the type of people that we want to work with. We have, I mean, we work with all types of folks. So I think another part of our marketing is a lot of the networking that mm -hmm. we'll do at you know professional events talking to associated businesses that are in landscape or mm -hmm. high-end builders or landscape architects sometimes we'll go and make presentations to those folks on hey here's some new things we're working on here's how we can help you um so those are invaluable as far as you know <clears throat> if you have a, a a landscape maintenance company it's sort of like having a whole nother sales team because once they trust you and you can help make their property look nice and you make them, um, you know, make them look like the hero, then they just turn over all of their, whether it's, you know, the higher tree prune, big tree pruning or the plant health care. So that's, so that's sort of that ball is continually rolling on, you know, a big core of the client uh, acquisition. But then there's that other sort of one-on-one -on -one that the, the client's looking for, you know, a little higher cause or a different company that does things differently. Yeah, I think well, that's awesome. Simon yeah. Sinek, you know, that people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And, you know, we happen to care for trees, but the reason 
we do that is to create environments that people can enjoy. And the reason and the why behind that is to, you know, elevate the happiness by making mindful connections with nature. And with that and the tree work is just how we happen to do it. But there's other people out there, whether it's the uh, soil care people or the landscape architects or, you know, any of these other groups that we talk about and and they're planet passionate too. you know, the why behind making people happy, keeping them healthy on this planet. There's so many connections between the the value of the soil and the trees that are that have a direct effect on our health right so if people are not interested in the trees specifically if you talk about the health of the the food that their grandchildren are eating then you might you know you might hit a, a soft spot there to say all of this the air quality the 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 mental health the the quality of the food you're eating it all ties down to our urban and our urban forests and our soils and and the conversations we're having with even people in agriculture. So it's 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 playing the long game and looking at the yeah. big picture more than the just the uh, which limb would you like taken off, ma'am? You know. I think those are some great nuggets. Thanks so much for sharing that. That's that's amazing because that's really um, what I suggest a lot of times with clients that are in the plant healthcare niche, because there is a little bit less search volume for that specific type of service, but people want it. They just maybe don't perhaps know that they can get it or know where to go find it or whatever. So being in those circles, networking, that gets you in front of a larger audience of people and the right types of people that are kind of looking at the same, the, 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 the community and the earth, the same way you are. And I think as we move forward, just in society and as in mankind and humankind to begin with, like urbanization is creating the urban sprawl gets bigger and bigger. People are going to be needing to look at, you know, planting more trees, becoming more conscious about all that stuff. So I think just being a part of that um, now at this point is, is great. And that helps you kind of get in front of more people as you do those types of things, those different types of networking events and things like that. That's, that's really who you're after is those types of people that share the same vision. And those are going to also be your clients. One cool thing you guys could do. I don't know if you do this already. One thought that just popped in my head is you could have like a, a newsletter invite on your website that says, Hey, you know, for the, um, <clears throat> any types of things that you could get people. Cause you know, one of the bigger things about growing your company too, one of the, the uh, a good tool is to build up your email database, your database of clients, and we'll maybe talk about that in just a second if you're using any, any of those tools that you're, you know, putting all your clients in a database. But you could have, you could have a free download, like the top, you know, ways you can you can plant trees or the top reasons to plant trees in the local community, your local area. Just like a free download of something like that, or um, the top five plant health care or tree care diseases or fertilizing initiatives that we see in the local area, and then they could download that. Right now they're in your email yeah. list too, without even being a customer or getting an estimate to begin with. They just enroll. So those are some thoughts I had on that, but um, amazing shares. Thanks so much for sharing that stuff. That's very powerful. So anybody listening, joining those local associations, networking events, places like that, it's going to get you in front of a large audience. Plus they probably mentioned you on their website, promoting the, the event. It, it sits there forever on the event. So when somebody searches your business name, they probably find the link in the article to that event that happened with your information on it. So it's kind of this like lasting effect that each yeah. one of those events creates too. Yeah. Um, that's great. That's perfect. So are you guys using some sort of tool or database where you put your clients in there, it follows up with them, sends the estimates, sends the invoices? Yeah, we use Arbor Gold. Perfect. Um, so people in the industry are aware of that. And we've, we have used that one since we started. 
that's great. Like we, because we, you know, we have a lot of clients. Some, most of them do use work. They're a size company that's trying to grow. Because in my opinion, it's like I don't know how you keep up with everything if you don't have some sort of database. Um, how do you grow it intelligently and look at, you know, your client base and how many you have and all of that stuff. And plus, it just makes you smarter when they call in. Hey, last time it looks like John Jones. We did this, this, and this for you. You know, hey, we can, you know, so it just makes everything more organized. Um, and then another thing you can do with it is download your list and send out email newsletters, you know, or educate them on the event that you're about to be at. Hey, if you're going to be at such and such event next uh, Tuesday, the, you know, the 22nd, we're going to be there sharing how to plant trees. One of our customers um, about a year or two ago, they had um, as their initiative, every tree that we remove, we will plant a new tree in its place, not in the same place, but we'll plant a new tree for free in the city, you know, some choosing. Um, so just little things like that. People probably like to see those are good little taglines yeah. and things. Um, yeah, sure. That's awesome. Well, great shares guys. What other, um, just, I want to be you know, respectful of you guys' time too. What other things maybe would you share with a business owner that's getting started or kind of getting going, or maybe just hoping that they can grow their business and stick with it and just kind of keep going. Is there any words of wisdom maybe you would share with those types yeah. of people? Um, I would say, don't be afraid to try new things. I think I've been in the business a long time and I had to stop saying to myself, well, that's the way we always did it. And some of those, some of those ideas are kind of archaic and I think it stifles the creative juices of other people. You know, I think you need to be the voice of reason or experience, but you have to just be open and let other people bring ideas in and, uh, you know, because the world's changing so rapidly and the technology's changing. So I would say don't be afraid to try new things and, and allow people to uh, experience their own growth and have successes in your business to help you out. Otherwise, um, nobody's going to want to stay around and help you. And I, I think <clears throat> probably one of the biggest things that I would say is, you know, I know it probably sounds corny, but if you have a dream of, like Jen said, we, you know, we're more of an environmental company who just happen to do tree work. That's sort of our venue. But, you know, if, um, I would just say just to, to dream big and just set, put a stake in the ground out, out there and just be organized and deliberate in your steps, how you're going to get there. Have somebody help you that um, is very organized and has a plan for the branding and the marketing and the, you know, all the HR stuff. Um, yeah. So that's. I would just... say um, start every meeting with bright spots. Um, if you're an entrepreneur and you're out there, you probably have the tendency to, uh, you know, always be working on something, fix it, and then move on to the next thing that needs to be fixed, particularly if you're overwhelmed. Um it's a simple practice and shouldn't be too woo-woo, but um, every meeting I think should start with, let's just, let's just go around and mention one good thing that's happened. Let's mention a bright spot. It, it changes the energy because we tend to be focusing on what we need to fix. So, and then we quickly forget the, the progress that we made. Um, and I think thinking about the long game, you know, there's no silver bullet, there's no quick fix for anything. So if you recognize that every step you take is a step in the right direction and it's and it works toward the progress and the building the foundation of your business, you are working in the right direction. And this business, particularly, even if it's just the weather, throws curveballs at us all the time. So by nature of this business, 
we're constantly given challenges that throw us off the rails sometimes. You had a plan for the day, the plan didn't go the way it was. So I think starting with that bright spot and just realizing that every step you take is building that foundation so that when you look back, you'll see that if you you kept your eyes on that vision, that you're you're constantly moving in the right direction. That's awesome. Got one more quick thing. Sure. Yes. Lots yeah. Of advice. Don't be afraid to get help from uh, outside experts. Yeah. You know, one Love of the that. first things we did is we we had a mutual friend that was a consultant, and um, we've hired him as a business coach. So he helps us both personally and business wise. So uh, kind of helps keep you grounded, keeps you on track. Sometimes it can be lonely being a business owner or co-owners. And sometimes you need to sort of have somebody from with an outside perspective to just either point out what you're doing great or to hold you accountable when you need to get some things accomplished. I think in the very beginning, because since I had worked for a company for a long time and helped develop it into a good sized company, I knew where I needed to get, but I was basically starting at ground zero. And he just said, take a deep breath. Eventually you'll get there. You know, sales will drive everything in the beginning. So you need to get some work. So when the work starts coming in and you start developing some clientele, we'll work on those other systems that you know you need to have in place. So I would say have get outside help, have patience, recognize and uh, celebrate the victories and don't beat yourself up too badly. You know, you'll be you'll stumble and fall. But, you know, the uh, the victories will outweigh the defeats. Powerful stuff. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, mentor is is paramount, I think, in, in business success, because if you want that shortcut, right, you don't want to kind of figure it out for yourself as you go. There's other people that have been down the same road that you want to go down. So that's a good, very good suggestion and recommendation is get a mentor, get a coach that can help you kind of plug the gaps, answer the questions as they pop up. I mean, I've got a coach in my business as well, and it just helps tremendously knowing that that person's been down that road. They can tell you to relax. Hey, this is how we're going to get to the next step. And you don't have to figure it out for yourself because being an entrepreneur is like being out on an island by yourself anyway, right? So you got a lot of decisions to make, a lot of things to do, a lot of hats to wear already. So having somebody in your corner, I think is is very powerful and it helps you get through those times that you need somebody there for. Um, so again, I want to thank you guys so much for your time. Uh, Jen and Scott McPhee with uh, Harrison McPhee. Appreciate you guys being on today and sharing your story. If you guys are listening to this after the fact, go ahead and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our podcast on all the major players, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and all of the other major podcast hosts. Till next time, we'll see you on the next video. You guys have a great day.